I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. Today, I have another author, but it's not my typical author. We're going to be chatting to a pilot. It's called Vagabond Pilot, and it's that's the name of this book. Um, Bob Young is my guest today, and before I bring Bob on, I'm going to give you a little background um, because in 2019, uh, Robert Young had lost his home and savings due to his recently deceased brother's bad business dealings. Uh, He quotes, firstly, I took this trip because I was lost, homeless, and had nowhere to go. What could I do? How can I get out of this morass and depression? And uh, along with recent health issues, the future was bleak. It was as if the universe or God was telling him, no, not much to do anymore. Party is over this is the end. I think we've all been there at some point. Um, This inspirational story is the perfect Christmas and holiday season story. At a time when we count our blessings, Vagabond Pilot is the perfect gift and lesson for all all of us at a time when we reflect and contemplate the holidays and new year filled with our hopes to make our dreams come true. Bob grew up in Rockville Center, New York. He was educated at Brown University in Providence, Rhode Island, and uh, therefore earned his law degree at George Washington University in Washington, D.C., and he continues to practice law in L.A. now, living on the west side, pursuing his entrepreneurial dreams, flying his beloved to Niner Lima about the west, passionately celebrating life with his friends, and writing about his next adventure as Captain Bob. Please welcome Captain Bob Young to the show. How are you? I am wonderful. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I think it's wonderful. This is a new angle, new thing that we're, um, and I love it. And so before we jump in to Vagabond Pilot and all things unexpected, I have an icebreaker for you. And that is, you ready? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's nothing crazy. What is your favorite cookie? and or cookie memory? Uh, my favorite cookie is my mother's uh, butter pecan squares. You know, I talk to her all the time. Please send them down, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Malamars. Malamars is a good one because we don't get them very often out on the West Coast. Uh, oh. They're a, they're a, a seasonal uh, cookie Nabisco makes. Yeah, I've heard of them. I've heard of them. Yeah. And my parents are from New York. I used to go get the black and white Uh, when we'd go. Where are you from in New York? Well, I'm from Texas, but they're from Valley Stream. They're from Long Island. I've got an uncle still on Lido Beach. My grandfather's in Queens. So it's right where near I grew up next to Valley Stream. Yeah. There you go. Yep. So um, and I've got I've got cousins in in uh, Rhode Island. So it's it's all it's great. But um, so you're out in L.A. You wrote this book. It's called Vagabond. Pilot. You didn't tell me your favorite cookie. though. My, oh, you want to know mine? No one ever <laughs> asks me what mine is. I like I mean, I'm pretty boring when it comes to it. I like chocolate chip cookies. That's what I typically make go to. But I like a good peanut butter cookie as long as it's really soft. 
And I do love the um, black and white cookies from New York. If I have a chance to get like a real one, not like. Oh, yes. To be black fixed. and white. So always the standby. And they're right? huge. They're so great. I love them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what my favorite cookie is. Um, I'm a sweet, I have a sweet tooth. I pretty much eat anything, um, when it comes to that. So yeah, uh, we only live once. So, um, tell us a little bit more about Vagabond Pilot. Um, it's a very cool name and, uh, it, it came about because your life was just kind of just getting out of control a little bit. There's lots of unexpected tragedies and things. The rug got pulled out from under me and uh, I had uh, lived the dream. I had uh, gotten a job out of law school in California. I became uh, through a lot of hard work and effort, um, a very successful, not very, but a successful lawyer uh, in the entertainment and business world uh, as a, a litigator and transactional counselor. And uh, I got a call from my brother in uh, back in the uh, aughts, 2008 or nine, to he needed some help back with the firm in New York. And I had always aspired to be a part of the firm. My father was one of the bigger, biggest real estate lawyers in, in the city, uh, had represented every big builder, even our former president, his father, any builder went to my father and his partner because his partner was city planning commissioner. So they got, they, they got things done the old fashioned way. That's right. Describe in the book that he told me the story. And um, so I was thrilled because I could finally help my big brother who I always uh, admired and uh, wanted to be like him because he was six years elder. And there was this honestly sibling rivalry and uh, perspective, Competing for the love of the father kind of, of thing right, that right. goes on. And so I left to go to California because I didn't want that. But now here he needs my help. My brother needs my help. I was always asking for him help, for help. And he was always there for me. But when I got there and found out he was in trouble, he was uh, losing his license for some errors and needed me to help him uh, run the firm. I was also admitted as a lawyer in New York. And um, so I was thrilled to do it. And but as I got into it, uh, I didn't really discover any of his misdeeds and the problems that caused his resignation from the bar and all these things until after his death, when Mm -hmm. all of he died in 2011, suddenly from a heart attack. And all of a sudden, uh, all these clients said, hey, where's my money? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? I don't really know anything about this. And then there were seven or eight lawsuits and the family, uh, they weren't interested in, in doing the right thing when I uh, found out what was going on. And uh, as a result, uh, one of the lawsuits was successful um, involving me. Uh, because I had sold the family shopping center. We were, my father had the shopping center. And in New York, they have what is called a clawback rule, where that if you take money from a judgment creditor, uh, you could be responsible to give it back. <laughs> you, 
and gorge the monies you got from the judgment uh, creditor. And that's what happened to me. And uh, I couldn't uh, sell my house for enough money to satisfy the creditor. And I had to file bankruptcy. Mm. And at that time, being in California, you know, California, the real estate is so valuable. Pretty much all my savings were in the equity in my home. Right. And uh, and who bothered to save living La Dolce Vita? So Mm -hmm. I was left homeless and penniless and I didn't know what to do. It was really uh, having had success so long, you know, hitting a wall now like this, whatever the wall might be. you know, you just kind of lost and stumbling. And my friends, uh, uh, Bruce and Dolly, who I had rescued when they had a similar situation when they were young and moved to California and they had nothing after losing a business. And I put them up. They said, come out and stay with us for as long as you like mm-hmm. outside Los Angeles and Camarillo. So I was regrouping at their lovely home. And uh, but after a few days, well, I was there two months. The fish starts to stink. And yeah. I realized I, I, I have to leave. And where am I going to go? I'm homeless. I had my social security, had a few things going, but I was pretty much penniless. And I decided the one place that I'm most comfortable is my plane. So it was either live in my car or no, let's get in the plane and we'll just fly. We'll go across country. It was a dream of mine always to fly across country in my plane. And um, that's what I did. And that must have been very like freeing because if you're in control of, I mean, flying and you can get there and it's like your own, you're probably got a lot of thoughts and you can really spend a lot of time flying, getting there quicker too than probably driving. Um, and so how long well, have you quicker been flying? Too, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've been flying since uh, I got my uh, private uh, license, private pilot license on leap year day, 1980. Oh, yeah, there you go. So it's been a while, and uh, so far, everything's worked out. No, only a few minor emergency issues along the way. That's good. That's good. So, so you're right. Uh, When I got into the get into that plane, it's it's my home. I feel very comfortable and safe. Uh, I've had it since not the plane since 1994. So, Right. It's I know I know every nuance and and a lot of the book as I describe is about my relationship with this machine. Right. Uh, so yes, take us through the book. So you talk about where do you talk about your journey and where you go and and what kind of almost epiphanies you have on your journey and how long did the journey yes, last I, for? Yes. Yes. Uh, well, I left in uh, late May and I returned in early September with a six week break in in the East Coast and a trip to Europe uh, in between that. My f- girlfriend at the time took me on my birthday trip. Um, but it was a uh, it, it, I had no idea what was going to happen. I, I knew that I was really beaten. I was I just didn't know what to do. I mean, I'm not a young man anymore. It wasn't like when I traveled cross country in law school after a girl, my first girlfriend dumped me, you know, that that's something you can handle. But here at the end of life and it's like, whoa, what's going on here? I got to find myself and maybe I'll get some nourishment from I have a lot of friends that I maintain relationships and. I felt okay, and I'll see the country. I, I just got I got to get nourished again. I, I was I was in a bad way. Sure. 
Sure. And it sometimes was really, it was just, it was really find difficult. a way to, yeah. And, and you have to find a way to, to fulfill you. Right. Cause if you, if it's not working or you're finding yourself down and out, it's hard to get yourself up. And so you have to find what works for you. And, and it's, it's and like, you don't know what to do. You don't know why what's happening, et cetera, et cetera. So I got on the plane and, uh, I flew and saw friends and I, I originally started the writing of the book just to, for my own mental well-being and, and to try to get things out on paper. And then as I started writing, I was writing as I flew it. I was writing in the I, I, I was writing in a specific way of, of sharing the flying experience so people would understand what it's like to be flying a small plane because. Most of us just get on an aircraft and have no clue what yeah. a pilot does, but it's, and I've tried in much detail uh, to do that. And so with each chapter, or as I say, each leg of the journey, I break it down into the flying and then into the friends. And I, I am, I see, I, I, I relate to the reader, what I'm seeing about this amazing country of ours, the expanse, and then sharing my encounters with so many wonderful people. And I did that because a lot of the times uh, I would turn on the TV at that time and there was all this noise and, and, and chatter and conflict. Mm -hmm. And, you know, right. when, when you're dealing with everybody day to day and people are welcoming this stranger, uh, uh, you don't see any of that. And right. Americans are really a wonderful people, compassionate, loving. And, uh, you know, I wish we... These, these parties, this politics would come from a place of abundance, not scarcity and not fighting, but doing to, you know, I mean, we all feel that way, but that's sure, sure. like working game. together and yeah, same in the game. And, you know, no. so with, when someone comes and gets your book and reads it and reads your tales of, of warm and openness from your friends or the people that you're staying with and all of these journeys, what it, it, are you think it's probably going to give us a warm and fuzzy feeling and just so, cause this, you know, holidays are tough. Like this will be my first Christmas without my kids. Cause they go to their dads. And so it's, I'm trying to see brighter side of things, but some people need a glimmer of hope or need some positivity. And so is this something that will bring this out? And I'm sure with all these stories and friends, it'll also remind us of our own encounters with other people. Well, I hope it does. And I, I think it, it, it gets across in an inspiring way, if I may say so myself, uh, of encountering the demons we all have. We all get up against that wall. And, and for you now, this is an unknown. And I would say it was an unknown for me. And so what is the adventure that's going to be come to me, come befall me or come to me? And right. um what I found is the universe, God, higher power, however we all refer to it or may refer to it, really watches out for us. And things always seem to work out. Maybe that's that perspective of, of being older brings to me, but I've seen it more and more. And the trip was just a magnificent rediscovery of myself. It's inspiring in the sense that there's a lot of adventure and some uh, almost a fatal encounter uh, in flying by weather coming back when I was dealing with get home itis. And so the book, 
and the trip move along at a, I think, a, at least my editor says, a decent clip. And uh, but it, it reminds me of uh, two two takeaways that that I I, I think are very germane. Uh, one is uh, that I got for me, and the the resolution was, you know, if I could fly this little plane across this country and back through weather and all sorts of new and different encounters, well, I can do anything. Right. And that's what it gave to me. And it reminded me, and I will share this story with your listeners and you and, and me today, about a story my father would always tell me. He, uh, and, and it's so true. When we get up against it, we just are so lost. We don't know what to do. You know, you want to just crawl into bed and cry and that's it. Adios, muchacho. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, um, where nobody's immune from that in the human condition. And yet my father would always say, he said, you know, when things get really tough, just keep getting to tomorrow. Just, right. you know, thing, things will happen. It's like Annie singing. The sun will come up tomorrow. Things will happen. Something's going to change. Something will happen. Just keep getting tomorrow. The judge could die. I said, what do you mean, dad? The judge could die. Yeah, yeah. And I, I share this story in that. He said, well, when I was a young lawyer, I had a case and I was getting killed. I kept stalling, adjourning, doing everything I could to avoid the day of reckoning. And one day I got a call in my office. The judge died. And he was this old, mean man who just didn't like me. And, and really you know what? I got, <laughs> I got assigned, assigned a judge who was a professor of mine in law school. And once you know it, I turned the whole case around. I won the case. He said, so my son, just keep getting tomorrow. So mm. for everybody, you know, and that's Christmas brings us that spirit of hope. Just mm. keep getting to tomorrow. It's all going to work out. Well, I completely agree because it's, you know, every day is a hard thing, but you just got to get through it. Um, and thank you for that. I think um, where can we find this book? If if um, our listener, my listeners are li listening and want to and intrigued about your story where can we find you well i hope they'll find me at uh, and they can find me at amazon uh, vagabond pilot a journey of discovery or renewal or at my publisher red sky presents www.redskypresents.com wonderful and do you have another book coming out well, that's, I'm starting to outline it. I, I hope I'll get it out by the end and the end of next year. It's, well, it's, this, it's a lot of stories to write and tell. Well, but thank hopefully you. you'll come back and you'll tell some more stories. And uh, thank you for being here and, and, and sharing that with, with, with us and with me. And I, you know, we can all relate to having hard days and trying to pick ourselves up and just wanting to, you know, run free. So uh, thank you so well, much. Thank you, Heather, for having me. A pleasure to meet you and wish you and all your listeners uh, a merry and a happy and all good things always. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And you as well. And listeners, please go pick up a, a version of um, a copy of Bob's book. Um, he is lovely. And I guarantee you has lots of knowledge and lots of things that he's probably going to teach us in this book. And all the links will be in the show notes. And um, I encourage you to go and, and uh, check out Vagabond Pilot. And until next time, we'll catch you on another episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group 
or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies. Bye.